Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, people of planet Earth. This is episode 592, and it's an unedited ramble about motivation for language learning, dealing with challenges, getting started on a task getting work done, and my process for making episodes of the podcast. There's also some news, some OPP, that's Other People's Podcasts, and a couple of songs on the guitar at the end. Vocabulary notes, links, videos, and song lyrics are available on the page for this episode on my website. Luke's English Podcast is made possible thanks to donations from my listeners, my premium service, and also my sponsors – And this episode is supported by my main sponsor, italki, which I think is the most popular website online for arranging one-to-one lessons and conversations with qualified English teachers and native speakers online. Learning with italki is customised to your needs. You can choose from over 10,000 teachers for one-to-one lessons based on your goals and interests. It's affordable and flexible. On italki, you only pay per lesson and at the price that meets your budget. And it's really convenient. You can take online lessons at the time and place that suits you. Remember that when you buy some talking time, italki will send you a voucher for a free lesson. To get that offer and to get started, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get started. Uh, Let's get this whole thing underway. Um, These are things I'm kind of saying to myself, really, just to kind of get myself going at the beginning of an episode. I'm actually standing up. Uh, to do this. I'm still here in front of my desk with my computer, but I'm on my feet in order to just try and get the energy going so I can get started properly and to and to give myself the inspiration to begin. Sometimes I feel like standing up and being on my feet uh, helps. It helps me. helps me to just kind of get into the right mood and to feel a bit more dynamic while I'm doing this. Okay, because I've been sitting here messing around for ages. It feels like ages. It's probably been about 45 minutes of just fiddling around. Oh, I think I'll use this microphone. No, I'm going to do it like this and plugging and unplugging and lots of messing around, farting about, faffing around and other phrasal verbs. Um, Just instead of just starting. I don't know what it's like for you. If you do similar things to to this, I don't know how many of you out there do things like a podcast or do things where you have to just, it's hard to explain, where where you have something that you have to begin. Um, I mean, it's probably like any kind of work, really, a bit like writing. I don't know if you ever have to write. Like if you're a student, 
if you're studying and you've got to write essays, you've got to get down to some work, sometimes it's difficult to get into the right kind of mood or the right mindset. Um, we know what what it's like when suddenly the inspiration strikes and the work comes out really easily, right? That's a great feeling. And it would be perfect if it was like that all the time. If you could just kind of come home from college or come home from work or whatever it is, uh, you've just finished your lunch or something and you sit down in front of your computer and poof, you just start working and all of the work flies out. Um, you just uh, just become very productive and you're in the zone. But it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it feels like just for, for whatever reason, you're just not in, you're not in the right frame of mind uh, that you need to be. And it feels like everything's a bit of a struggle that you can't even get started. Do you know what I mean? That's how it's been for me today. And that's how it's a bit, that's how it is a bit uh, when I'm doing this podcast. Um, normally, once I've started, once I get going, it's fine. But there are some days when um, I find myself unable to begin the episode. I kind of think, right, I've got, I've got two or three hours ahead of me uh, before I have to stop working, before I've got to go and pick up my daughter from the daycare centre. So I've got two hours or something. I've got to do a podcast now. And I've kind of got some ideas in my head and I'm you know, preparing some things. And I think, right, it's time to start. And then just, uh, I can't seem to get started. Other things distract me, like, for example... Uh, what I was doing just then is I was I was trying to begin, I was pressing record, I was starting to talk, and then immediately going, oh, no, no, it's not working, and then stopping, and then kind of fiddling around with my microphone, and things like that. That's what's been going on. This is This episode is going to be a bit of a ramble, okay? It's going to be one of those ramble episodes. You must know what rambling is by now. Most of you will. It kind of means <clears throat> talking in a fairly unplanned way, right? A bit like this. I've got some ideas of stuff I want to do in this episode, uh, but uh, to a large extent, it's going to be kind of rambling like this, okay? And just sort of attempting to follow my own train of thought while I'm talking. Um, So messing around, I decided to go for a handheld microphone, a microphone in my hand instead of on a little microphone stand or something. um, And I don't know, you can probably hear handling noise. I don't know if that bothers you. For most of you, you're probably thinking, that's fine, Luke, we don't mind handling noise. A little bit of handling noise there. The noise of you handling the microphone. We, we don't mind that, Luke, as long as it's not too much. Um, it's fine. It just, you know, helps to remind us that you have hands. Um, I don't know if that's important for you. If I didn't have hands, you'd still listen to this podcast, wouldn't you? Yes, of course we would, Luke. Your the whether or not you have hands is really of little um, significance, really for for this. That's what you're thinking for the listeners out there. Like, oh, you know, I listen to Luke's English podcast, and sometimes he rambles a bit, which I don't really mind. But the main thing that that that's um, turned me off was the the fact that he doesn't have hands. Oh, I just couldn't listen. Like, no, no one is thinking that. And if you are thinking that, I don't know, I don't know why, because I do have hands. And even if I didn't have hands, it wouldn't be a problem. Because there's nothing wrong with having hands, like on a theoretical level. Um, obviously, if you don't have hands, it's going to make life difficult for you, I suppose. Um, I'd just like to give a shout out to anyone listening who doesn't have hands. That must be inconvenient. I hope that we have the right kind of technology to help you deal with life in the way that uh, the rest of us can. 
Um, anyway, so I told you it would be a rambling episode. But anyway, here we are, standing up, and I'm talking. And I've got a quote here, a quote uh, from Nelson Mandela, who we all know. We're not personally. Oh yeah, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, used to have used to have cake with him every Friday morning. I, I say we all know him. I mean, we all know who he is. Some of you might might have known him. You might have spent time with him. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. Anyway, Nelson Mandela uh, said this. He said, "It always seems impossible until it's done. It always seems impossible until it's done." Um, which is um, just a a nice quote. Uh, I'll tell you why that quote is in my head um, in a moment, but it seems appropriate considering what I've been saying, that anything can seem impossible, anything at all. And that includes personal challenges that we have to face as individuals, like, for example, for me, just sitting down or indeed standing up and recording an episode of this podcast in the two-hour window of time that I've got. So that, you know, anything can seem impossible, including personal challenges that we have to face as individuals. And also that can include global challenges that we all face together. Anything can seem impossible. Um, but um, it, it feels like that until it's done. All right. Now, I th- I th- you understand what that means, don't you? Sometimes explaining, sometimes explaining a quote like that is harder than it seems. What does that really mean? I suppose it means that, yeah, anything is possible, I suppose, really, is what it means. But also it sort of suggests that feeling that you have um, at the beginning of something where you kind of think, oh, I just can't handle this. I can't do this. It's all too much. It's too um, overwhelming. There's no way that I can do it. Or it it kind of talks about that sort of... uh, slightly pessimistic attitude that some people might have, which is like, no, it's impossible. We can't solve global hunger or we can't, you know, reverse climate change. That kind of pessimistic approach. Anything can seem impossible until it's done. So I suppose for me, like starting is the is the more difficult part. Um, so sometimes, as I was saying, sometimes it seems a bit impossible for me at the beginning of an episode uh, I want my episodes to be fun, engaging to listen to, relevant to everyone listening. I want them to be personal, uh, meaning personal from me to you, but also personal for you so that you can feel personally involved. I want them to be motivating to help you uh, continue to learn English effectively. I want my episodes to be useful so that you can use them to improve your English. I'd like my episodes to be natural that means I want you to feel that there's a natural, normal person. Normal? Um, yeah, I, I'm normal, aren't I? Uh, I want them to feel natural, like it's authentic. And I want them to be funny as well. Um, I said fun and funny. Is it worth explaining the difference between those two things? Of course it is, Luke. Okay, so uh, if something is... You see, because in some languages, fun and funny, they kind of mean the same thing. Or at least there's like one word to express those two concepts that we have in English with two words. So something that's funny will make you laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, do you laugh like that? Like ha, 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 ha. Uh, do you? I don't know if anyone actually laughs like that. Like if you're watching TV. Oh, brilliant. This, I love this film. Ha, 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 ha. I suppose these days, uh, young the young kids today laugh by saying lol, don't they? They actually say lol. I don't know. Some people do. It's a bit strange, isn't it? 
because lol obviously means laugh out loud. And, but some people are kind of going, lol, I really like that. That was brilliant. Lol. Strange. Something you don't say. Something you type. But some people are actually saying it now. What is the world coming to? I don't know. Um, so that's funny. Things that make you laugh. Ha ha ha. Or indeed, lol. Um, lol. And laugh out loud. Not lots of love, even though, yeah, my mum's still... No, she doesn't write this anymore. My mum now uses emojis, which is really great. But there was a time when she continued to write LOL at the end of a text message, meaning lots of love, because it used to mean lots of love. Now, of course, it means laugh out loud. But she used to write, um, you know, really looking forward to seeing you at the weekend, lol. I'm like, well, why are you laughing at the end? You're being sarcastic. So she used to use LOL to mean lots of love. But now, of course, it's laughing out loud. So anyway, that's funny, makes you laugh. And fun is just enjoyable, okay? Like, for example, which one of these things is fun and which one's funny? So um, what about going to a theme park like Disneyland? For most people, this would be fun, right? Yay, rides like Mickey Mouse. Ah, this is fun, isn't it? Well, I don't really like Disney things, so no, this is miserable. All right. But for some people, that's fun. For lots of people, that's good fun, isn't it? What about a brilliant comedy show where you have comedians telling amazing jokes and everyone's laughing the entire evening? Yes. Oh, the show was so funny, you would say. Uh, what about a clown? Well, a clown is just sort of sad, isn't it? And a bit uh, scary even. So never mind. Forget about clowns. But certainly uh, a theme park would be fun. And a comedy show would be funny. Okay, so um, it always seems impossible until it's done. This is what I'm trying to talk about. Um, Sometimes it's dead easy for me when I'm doing a podcast. I have loads of ideas just waiting to come out and I can't wait to switch on uh, the record button and get started. Wait a minute. Do you switch on the record button? No, actually, that's true. I don't. I switch on the recording device and then I press the record button. You don't have to like switch on the button before you press it. You switch on the device and then you press it. Anyway, sometimes it's just all easy and it just comes out naturally. I switch on the device, press the record button and it just comes out easily. For example, if I'm, if I'm with uh, my friends Amber and Paul, often... I mean, there's, we don't usually have much difficulty getting the conversation going and the stuff, the ideas flow quite easily in those situations, a bit too easily sometimes. Like sometimes I'll get together with them and I have uh, like a whole episode planned and the first question is just like, how are you? Are you guys all right? You know, just that. Like, what have you been up to? Imagining it will be just a minute or two of like, oh, I've just been doing this and I'm fine, thanks. And sometimes that's all we need. And then the conversation just takes off from there. And after half an hour, I've kind of decided, well, I'm going to abandon all this stuff I planned. And we just have to kind of just go with the flow. Um, So no problems there with, um, you know, when I've got, you know, my guests. But when I'm on my own, it's a bit more of a challenge because obviously I'm doing it all myself. By the way, more guests will be arriving on the podcast very soon. I'm planning to get uh, people... Uh, on the podcast. So it's not just going to be me all the time. I'll be talking to my friends, family, other guests and stuff like that coming up. Uh, So sometimes it's easy. I have loads of ideas. They just come out quickly. But other times it seems like, 
having to climb a mini mountain like I'm just before I start recording it feels like I've got a mountain in front of me and I feel like I just can't do it that particular day getting started is the most difficult part like for you I suppose if you have to write an essay or if you've got to write a report or if you've got to prepare a presentation or whatever it is you're doing if you're writing a novel sometimes that just the starting part is the most difficult thing Sometimes when I'm doing the podcast, I start, I start recording, I get something slightly wrong, or I go off on a weird tangent like I did in this episode about having no hands, which is just bizarre. And some people will listen to that and they'll think, what on earth are you talking about? I don't like this talk of no hands. It's too strange for me and weird. Um, so no, I, I will listen to, I'll just, I won't listen to anything. I'll just sit and eat a sandwich. That's what some people will think when they hear me talking about having no hands. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I'll start and it won't be right or I'll make a mistake or I'll talk about something stupid and then I'm like, oh, abandon it, start it again. And that can happen over and over and over again. Um, oh, I'm I'm really repeating myself. I've been talking about the same thing for 15 minutes. How does that happen? Basically, it happens when I'm not totally prepared. But it's a kind of a catch-22 situation. Catch-22 situation is basically a situation in which uh, whatever you do, you don't win. Like, whatever um, path you take, whatever choice you make, you kind of lose in some way. I'm not saying that doing the podcast is that bad. Um, It's not at all, because generally... It's great, and I love it, and it's fantastic, right? Uh, But it can feel a bit like a catch-22 situation at times because, um, um, you know, I want episodes to be natural uh, and not over-prepared. So I want them to be kind of spontaneous, but I also want to be disciplined and to get to the point quite quickly. So it's a weird balance between being prepared and being spontaneous. And it's sometimes it's a bit difficult to walk that line. But that's just me. Um, I think anyone attempting to do anything will feel the same. And it also applies to learning a language, I suppose. The challenge can feel a bit overwhelming. But we know that it always seems impossible until it's done. So in terms of learning English... Hopefully, this quote can give you some motivation if you ever feel demotivated, if you ever feel like, oh, you know, I just can't do this, or if you feel like there's too much, too many words to learn, too much of a challenge to overcome. It always feels impossible until it's done. Um, Talking also about, let's say, like 600 episodes of the podcast, if I'd thought about that on day one, when I started doing the podcast, like with the first episode, if I thought, right, I now have to, over the course of the next 10 years, I have to record 600 episodes of this podcast, and each episode could be an hour long at least, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably would have thought, I can't, oh, that's too much. I can't eat that elephant. I can't eat that particular elephant. But, you know, you eat it spoon by spoon, don't you? I wonder if, obviously, that's just an an analogy. Um, we've been here before, haven't we? Saying an analogy. An, 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 an. I'm sure we've been there before. Eating an elephant is just an analogy. Is there anyone out there who's ever eaten an elephant? A whole elephant? Well, how did they do it? Well, they probably used a small spoon and spoon by spoon, eventually you'll get there. Um, now, uh, 
Yeah, why are you talking about this stuff, Luke? Why are you talking about this quote, it always seems impossible until it's done? Well, um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Some of you will know it because it's one of the most famous podcasts in the world. It's like huge podcast, not just in terms of the length of the episodes, because the episodes are often three hours long or something sometimes. Yeah, and you thought that Luke's English podcast was long. No, it's not really, not compared to some of the most popular podcasts out there, including the Joe Rogan Experience, which has episodes that often go beyond three hours. And there are other massively popular podcasts out there, like some of the most popular ones in the world, which regularly uh, go beyond two or three hours, including things like Hardcore History. Episodes of that can be incredibly long but it remains one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Anyway, the Joe Rogan Experience is uh, a podcast by an American comedian and martial arts commentator called Joe Rogan. Um, And it's interesting because he has interesting guests from a variety of backgrounds. Often it's comedians and scientists and stuff like that. And they just talk and talk and talk and talk for, for hours on end. And the whole thing is published. It's also live streamed on YouTube. And it's often very interesting. I don't necessarily like all of the guests he has on, but um, certainly sometimes there are some very interesting conversations to listen to. It They always seem to talk about, they always end up coming back to the same subjects. Um, they always end up talking about martial arts and um, like the value of practicing different martial arts. And Joe Rogan always recommends to his guests that they start doing jujitsu. Uh, there's always a point in a conversation where he says, you need to start doing jujitsu. And the other thing they, they often talk about is um, conspiracy theories. So they talk about stuff like the moon landings and flat earth and all that kind of thing. Um, and they often talk about um, like uh, hallucinogenic drug experiences, which is quite interesting. They talk about uh, things like DMT and Joe Rogan loves to talk about DMT experiences, which is quite Quite interesting from a sort of armchair psychological position, if you know what I mean. Not, I mean, it's just interesting to hear people talk about it, but often their conversations about those big subjects are stuff like, I saw a documentary once, or I saw a video on YouTube, and then they kind of talk about what they saw. So it's not exactly hard science. Um, anyway, the other thing they often talk about is stand-up comedy. Anyway, the reason I'm saying is that, is that this is because um, just last week, Joe Rogan interviewed Eddie Izzard, who is a kind of a stand-up comedy hero of mine. Um, but Eddie, yeah, Eddie's a great stand-up comedian, but also a f- sort of interesting person and an impressive person. So Eddie Izzard, who I've talked about on this podcast before, I tried to get him on the podcast once when I knew he was going to be here in, in Paris, because he comes here sometimes to do stand-up in French. So there was a, a time when he when he was going to be in town, and I um, I tried to get in touch with him and his people through a friend, a mutual friend, uh, Yassine Belus, who's been on this podcast. I think he was in episode, is it 182? I'm not sure if it is. We'll see. 182 he says typing into yeah episode 182 was called learning english with yassine belus or yassine bellhouse yassine is a french comedian he's absolutely brilliant um 
and he performs in English. And uh, I'm glad to say he's a friend of mine from the stand-up scene. And Yasin is good friends with Eddie Izzard. Um, so I tried to get Eddie on the podcast by, by you know, writing to Yasin to ask him to ask Eddie. And um, it didn't work out. Um, I think mainly because Eddie Izzard is so bloody busy he just is involved in so many things he's doing you know he does his stand-up tours he does acting he's in you know sort of big time hollywood movies and stuff these days and also he's involved in doing charity work and doing uh, political campaigning and stuff like that so i couldn't get him on the podcast which is a pity maybe one day maybe when the stars are aligned when the planets line up or whatever that is you know Maybe I'll I'll somehow manage to get Eddie Izzard on this podcast. But he was on the Joe Rogan experience, which is, you know, as I've said, huge podcast. And um, they talked about lots of things. One of the things they talked about is um, Eddie, Eddie's incredible uh, marathon running. Um, so a few years ago, Eddie Izzard, for charity, did... Uh, these marathons. Okay. Now, you know, a marathon, it's a huge challenge. Um, I talked about running marathons with Andy Johnson, uh, who I hope to get back on the podcast soon. I should be talking to him later this week for the podcast. So in theory, uh, I will be chatting with Andy and that'll be a podcast that coming soon. So anyway, I talked to Andy about the challenge of running marathons, it's, it, you know, it seems like a massive deal, right? Running a marathon and just doing one is like really tough and really, in, uh, really in a real endurance sport and a big challenge. Well, Eddie Izzard, um, it was in 2012 to raise money for sports relief, which is a charity. He ran 43 marathons in 51 days, Right. 43 marathons in 51 days. Right? That's unbelievable. And then a few years later, in order to commemorate uh, uh, Nelson Mandela and to raise more money for charity, Eddie went to South Africa and he uh, ran 27 marathons in 27 days, which is a stunning achievement. It's almost unbelievable that someone could do that, especially when you consider that Eddie Izzard is not really, he's not a professional athlete. He's not really, um, uh, I mean, he's not a sportsman, really. He's just sort of an ordinary guy who likes to keep fit, likes to to do running, but uh, he he isn't someone who trained for years to do that kind of um, thing. Uh, 27 marathons in 27 days in order to commemorate the life of Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. That's where the number 27 comes from. And um, 27 marathons in 27 days. So I was just listening to um, Eddie Izzard on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast talking about this and just talking about how difficult it was and what a challenge it was. And it, I just found it incredibly inspiring and impressive and almost sort of just unbelievable, really. 
you could listen to it. You'll there are videos on YouTube. I'd love to be able to play some of the audio from that now, but I didn't have time to find all of the right moments in their long conversation. But I will find a YouTube video and put it on the page for this episode. Eddie Izzard, yeah, forty-three marathons in fifty-one days, and then twenty-seven marathons in twenty-seven days. So he must have felt so daunted before doing his twenty-seven marathons. Can you imagine? At the beginning of of marathon number one, when you are, let's say, even just two hours into running that, and you're not even halfway through the first marathon, and you're probably exhausted, you're probably hitting a pain barrier, and then you realise that for the next 27 days, you're going to have to do one after the other after the other. For the first set of marathons, the 43 uh, in in 51 days, he didn't even do that much training. He did like six weeks of training for it. Basically, the entire thing is just mind over matter. It really is the power of the mind and just kind of being determined and not giving up. Um, And, you know, this is a a very important uh, uh, concept, principle, I think. Uh, I think it's a mental battle. The best thing is just to get your head down and to get moving, get a rhythm going and just don't stop. Uh, Keep going keep going, keep going, and eventually it will be done and it won't seem so impossible anymore because you will have done it. And I just wanted to kind of talk about that really um, with reference to learning English. Uh, Here here are some comments uh, with interesting and motivating things to say about learning English. And these are comments from the website. These are comments that listeners have uh, written on my website in the last couple of weeks. And they're all relevant, I think, to to what I'm talking about. So um, Farshid, who has been very active in the comments section recently, um, wrote this. He wrote this. One of the most important things that learning the English language teaches you is you'll learn to have to carry on without getting any outcomes for a long time, literally working but getting nothing. Now, that sounds negative, doesn't it really? When when you, you think about it at the at first, one of the most important things that learning the English language teaches you is that you'll learn to have to carry on without getting any outcomes for a long time, literally working but getting nothing. So you'll have to learn to just carry on without getting immediate results. And his comment goes on, that does require you to be tremendously patient. And that's a skill that you'll develop over time by learning English. So I thought this was actually a really good comment and a good observation. And it's kind of a realistic comment as well. So, yeah. So the fact that when learning English, or I'm sure learning any language, really, the fact is that uh, you have to just keep going and keep going, especially when you are stuck in the intermediate plateau which is this aspect, this this part of learning a language where you kind of get to a stage where you're basically able to communicate. You, you can understand most of what you can hear and read, but you're not really advancing to that really proficient level of fluency and confidence and ease and range and all the stuff that you really want. So you kind of, you've got past the first challenge, which is to get to a certain level of ability, but then the genuine proficiency is kind of feels out of reach and it just feels like you're not making any progress anymore. That's the intermediate plateau. 
So the thing about the plateau is that it's just that the learning is taking much longer. You don't get a sense of making big improvements every day or every week. Instead, the the improvements are more spaced out. So it can feel like you're not really making any progress. So that's what Farshid is talking about when he says you will have to learn to have to carry on without getting any outcomes for a long time, which is a difficult thing to deal with because you want instant gratification. People want to to feel like they are um, achieving things and they need that regular, um, what's the word for it, that kind of regular um, input of positive reinforcement like the little that little hit that you get from from winning something every time the achievement hit that you get when you uh, win or when you feel like you've learned something or where you feel like you've made progress it's like a little boost every time and it's very good for your confidence but you get to a point where those little boosts those little hits or wins come uh, less and less frequently and so you need to learn how to kind of hold on until the next one comes along. And it might feel like you're holding on forever. Okay, so you have to keep working without getting anything. All right, now that does, as Farshid wrote, that does require you to be tremendously patient. But that is a skill that you will develop over time by learning English. So kind of all you need to do is to keep going. And by uh, continuing, you kind of it's kind of like on-the-job training. You train yourself to be patient. You train yourself to uh, to carry on, even though you, you don't get that little motivational um, hit uh, as regularly as you used to. And it's like what Eddie Izzard was saying um, on Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast. He was saying that the first, probably the first 10 marathons, when he was talking about the 27 marathons he did, the first 10 were the hardest because essentially your your body is training or learning how to deal with the challenge as it goes along so you your body you're training your body during the first 10 marathons to be able to carry on doing the others afterwards so it's kind of on the job training so as you're doing it you you it feels incredibly tough at the beginning or certainly the the first 10 marathons but you're kind of getting used to it as you go so learning English does actually help you develop patience and the ability to keep going without getting regular um, um, regular achievement feedback. Um, sometimes you don't notice your progress until a certain specific moment as well. And it's not until that moment that you realize the work that you've put in or maybe I should say the time that you've put in, because it shouldn't feel like work, has paid off, right? Sometimes you don't notice your progress until a certain moment, like it could be just something that happened to you, like maybe you went to see a film and you suddenly realised that you understood way more than you used to, or you took an exam and you realised, oh, wait a minute, I found the listening part or the speaking part of this exam much easier than I used to. I didn't notice the progress that I'd made, but suddenly it became clear to me when my English was put under pressure. Or maybe it could be, I don't know, some presentation that you had to do at college and you realised that you felt like a lot more comfortable doing it um, than some of your friends or classmates, 
right? And I'm talking to people who have been working on their English in some way, and that could mean even just listening to my podcast regularly or doing, you know, any any number of other things in English on a regular basis. Those things that you're doing, listening to my episodes regularly or something else, it might not be obvious how they're improving your English until a certain moment when it kind of becomes clear to you. Um, that's when you realize that the time that you've put in has paid off. And this kind of leads me to another comment. Uh, this one's from Marta, who is a regular commenter in the comments section. And she wrote this. She said, hi, Luke, I just wanted to stop by to leave a short message. I was at a concert yesterday by British singer Passenger. It was amazing. And you know what? He talked quite a lot between the songs and I was able to understand him 99%. I was able to understand 99% of what he was saying. Those are such special moments when I'm so very thankful for discovering your podcast because this is definitely one of the rewards. Thank you. Um, so I guess what Marta is saying is that, yeah, it's an experience like that where you go to a concert and you see a singer, you go to a concert in your town. Let's say this singer is, is on tour, of a European tour or something, and he's in your town and you go with all the other people from your town or loads of other people from your town, go to the concert, and he's the singer is speaking English between his songs, and you realise that you, you're, you're getting like 99% of it. You understand nuances and little jokes that he's making and comments, and you look around the crowd and you think, none of, none of these other people are getting the little jokes that he's making. No one else is understanding what he says. They enjoy the music, but they don't get the chat between the songs. And it's a moment like that that you kind of think, ah, all that time spent listening to those podcasts has has really paid off. Um, thanks for the comment, Marta. Another comment here from um, Ag Agnes. Agnes, I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce your name, Agnes, but that's how I'm going to say it. Maybe it's Agnes. I, I don't know. But anyway, Agnes uh, wrote this. She said, hi, Luke. I just wanted to share my accomplishment with you that I got C1 in the CAE Cambridge exam which I took at the beginning of April. CAE, that's the um, Certificate of Advanced English, which is a Cambridge exam for advanced level English. It's the C1 exam, okay? And it's a tough exam. I know it's a tough exam because I teach classes in Cambridge um, Advanced Certificate um, uh, at the British Council. I've got students who are taking the, the exam and, and it's a tough test, okay? Uh, but... Um, Agnes got, uh, she passed the test. Well done, Agnes. Good for you. Good job. Agnes is a long-term listener. And it, it makes me feel very proud and very happy to know that my listeners uh, are getting these successes. Uh, it's really good. I, it really, really is. It's fantastic. As a teacher, as an English teacher, sometimes you get these moments where you feel like you know, you feel like maybe your students aren't as making as much progress as you want. Like, as a teacher, too, it's not just as language learners. Us teachers, we want our students to make measurable, um, fast progress. Like, all the time, we want them to make as much progress as possible all the time. And if that progress is not always obvious, it can be quite sort of disappointing. 
Um, so when you get news like this, that that uh, listeners are are getting these little successes or big successes, it's very motivating for me too. So Agnes's comment continues. She she wrote, "I want to thank you for appealing episodes, keeping me motivated and hooked in English every single day." Um, um, you're welcome, Agnes. To keep keeping me hooked on English, actually, you you you. It's the expression is to be hooked on something. Um, I don't think it's down to me, Agnes. I think it's mainly down to you and your routine and your motivation and your positive thinking and stuff. But it's nice to know that my episodes help, that they are appealing to you and help you um, listen more and listen more regularly. Um, her comment continues. Obviously, I don't want to stop doing my daily learning routine. But regardless, I've passed. Uh, but um, even though I've passed the exam, I treat it as a start into a deep, advanced side of the language. I'm totally hooked, which means that English is my life. I feel terribly bad when I miss one day without English. I'm really proud of myself because I've only been learning on my own, without classrooms, courses, etc. Um, as I always say, my learning process is based on listening, and undoubtedly that made me a person who loves learning as a whole. Once again, thank you because of you. I love British English. That is fantastic, Agnes, and well done again uh, for your success in the exam. And um, I just wish you all the best for the future as you continue to listen to English regularly and uh, just to keep going, basically. Keep it up. So just three comments there, which... I think are interesting and sort of um, fit in with this theme that I'm talking about, which is that it always seems impossible until it's done. Um, I've got a little bit of news and some other little things to say, uh, some OPP to tell you about. Do you know what OPP stands for? If you're a long-term listener, you'll probably know. Um, So OPP means other people's podcasts. So I was featured on someone else's podcast recently, I had a long conversation with uh, Jacob from English TV Live. Do you know about that? English TV Live. Um, Jacob, or who also is sometimes known as Jacob Teacher online. Uh, Jacob is an English teacher from Canada, and he works with English TV Live. Um, just kind of trying to find it now on my computer. English TV Live. Okay, so EnglishTVLive.com. It's a website. Uh, let me just find out. Let me just tell you about English TV Live first. English TV Live, daily live lessons with native English speakers. blah de blah blah Well, you can find out more by going to EnglishTVLive.com. But they have a podcast, uh, which and I'm just trying to um, get onto their podcast website. Okay, EnglishTVLive.com slash podcast. And... Um, They have episodes on a variety of different subjects. But Jacob has been doing a series uh, called Advanced English Vocabulary. And in this series, he goes through a different letter of the alphabet in every episode. And um, he's, he's all the way up to episode N. And it was episode N uh, that I was um, featured in. So in, in episode M, the letter M... Uh, Jacob spoke to, uh, oh, oh, what's the guy from Kangaroo English? 
Have you seen? Do you know Kangaroo English? It's a, a YouTube channel. It's really good. It's a really good YouTube channel run by a guy called Christian, who's an Australian English teacher. Um, and Kangaroo English is a really good YouTube channel. I need to speak to Christian on this podcast. He's he's. I think he's really good. Um, but anyway, for the letter M, Jacob spoke to Christian and they had a conversation. And basically the way it works is that Jacob picks five letters from the dictionary uh, that begin with the letter that they're dealing with in that particular episode. Um, so for letter N, it was me. Um, let me have a look if I can find it. Okay, here we go. So the, the, the words were noble, neurotic, nostalgic, nefarious, and nuance. And um, we we defined the words, we gave different examples of those words, and we had little discussions about each word. Um, the whole episode uh, went on for about 70 minutes, I think. And if you'd like to listen to it, you could go to EnglishTVLive.com slash podcast and find uh, advanced English vocabulary, the letter N. I'll put the link on the page for this episode, and I might even be able to just um, embed the audio uh, onto the episode two. Uh, but there you go. You could listen to it. And uh, Jacob is an interesting guy. He's um, uh, he's an interesting person. He's got uh, interesting things to say on a variety of subjects. So you might like listening to English TV Live, the podcast. And just check out the link on the page for this episode um, and you can listen to the conversation I had with Jacob um, and we touched on a few different things. I'll let you discover that um, in your free time. Um, what, el- what else? I was also featured in a, um, a video with Oliver G from the Earful Tower. I've had Oliver G on this podcast before. I think it was episode 490 something. Uh, Oliver G is another Australian, and uh, he's a journalist who runs a podcast called The Earful Tower, and it's a podcast all about Paris. It's actually all about France, to be exact. And uh, he, all his episodes are in English, but they're all based around French life, French culture, and French things in general. For example, a recent episode that he did was about the fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral, which you must have seen on the news, happened a few weeks ago now. Um, but um, it was a big shock, uh, I suppose. Yeah, I got a few messages from listeners. Uh, do you know what happened? Basically, there was an accidental fire at the Cathedral de Notre Dame in Paris, which is one of the most famous and most visited cathedrals in the world. So there was a fire there and the the roof, basically, which is which was made of many, many uh, beams of wood. The whole wooden framework of the roof caught fire, and the thing went up in flames um, in a very dramatic way. The whole roof um, just blazed uh, with with fire. It caught fire quickly. The the fire burned out of control. Uh, the fire brigade were trying to stop it, but they couldn't. And so basically the, the, the whole of Paris, the whole of France, the whole of the world basically watched um, either on video or actually there in front of the cathedral itself as the whole cathedral appeared to just burn down completely. The spire, the big spike on the top of the cathedral, like dramatically fell down as it burned. 
and it looked like the whole cathedral was finished. Luckily, firefighters were able to pretty much protect the main stone structure of the the building. So it looks like the cathedral is okay. The roof, which was made of wood, is gone. But actually, surprisingly enough, a lot of the um, other spaces in the cathedral were protected by... um, like stone, heavy stone structures inside the cathedral. So it looks like the cathedral is going to be, it's going, it, it will be possible for the cathedral to be um, uh, like reconstructed and cleaned up. It's going to cost a lot of money. It'll take a long time, but uh, different companies and individuals have been donating money to help, uh, you know, get the cathedral back to its original um, condition. Also, I think a lot of the a lot of the precious items that uh, were stored in the cathedral were saved. I think a lot of things probably were damaged beyond repair, but a lot of very precious items were saved. Anyway, if you'd like to hear more, you can listen to an episode of the Earful Tower um, with Oliver G, in which he talked to I think a tour guide who knows all about the story, and I think he was there at the time. You know, uh, so anyway. Um, I'll put a link to the um, Notre Dame episode. Notre Dame episode uh, link. I'm just writing that as I'm talking. Um, Anyway, but so Oliver G, the Earful Tower. uh, He does episodes about all kinds of things France related, including a, a really good, interesting recent episode about the Notre Dame fire, which you could listen to. I'm going to get Oliver G back on the podcast soon because we've got lots of things to talk about, including that and many other things. Um, But uh, anyway, another thing that uh, Ollie G does um, with the Eiffel Tower is he does these live uh, walking tours of parts of Paris, which are really interesting. They're all done in English and he is joined by a guest. For example, Amber has been uh, a guest of his several times uh, for his walking tours. And he goes around a different district of Paris and they walk around and talk and show you things while talking to each other and talking to the camera. And um, Ollie invited me onto one of these walking little walking videos. And we walked around a, a local park uh, not far from here, uh, the the Parc de, de Batignol, Batignol Park, basically, which is um, a really lovely park. And when we did the walking tour, it was uh, a beautiful sunny day. So if you'd like to see the video, it's on Facebook, I think, and, and it's on YouTube. Um, it's actually on YouTube. So I'll post the video onto uh, the page for this episode so you can see... The, the first five minutes of the walk are freely posted onto YouTube. If you'd like to get the rest, and there's like about half an hour's worth of of conversation with me and Ollie and more video with us just kind of messing around in the park and um, trying to find the... There was a, a pond in the middle of the park with fish in it, so we're trying to find the fish. And we are just kind of walking around the park, exploring and having fun and talking to each other. If you'd like to see the whole video, you'd need to become one of his Patreon uh, supporters. Um, But anyway, I'll put the five-minute video on the page for this episode, and um, you could check out uh, that video. It's quite fun. It's a chance to just hang out in a park with me and Ollie G from the Earful Tower. Uh, That might be good. Talking of YouTube live videos... 
episode 600 of this podcast is coming up. I still don't know when episode 600 is going to happen um, because I just can't plan that far in advance yet. Uh, But episode 600, I'm going to do a YouTube live video. I've never done one of those before. So episode 600 is kind of a good moment for, for me to try it out. So for episode 600, I'll record the podcast while also doing a live video on YouTube. And the chances are it'll be done sort of in the middle of the afternoon one day during the week. So Central European time, we're talking about kind of about three o'clock or something. Maybe it'll be a Friday afternoon, 3 3 p.m. Paris time, something like that. But I can't give you a date yet because I don't know what the date will be. But uh, I will let you know as soon as I've decided. So it's going to be a YouTube live while, I, while I'm recording the podcast. And uh, I think it's going to be an Ask Me Anything video. All right. So the idea is that uh, if you follow along live, you can write your questions in the comments section. And it's just Ask Me Anything. So think about it. When I announce the video, and if you're able to to join me while I'm doing the live uh, recording, you could just ask me anything. I'll probably be able to ramble, but uh, I'd like you to ask me your questions. And you can ask me anything, okay, anything at all. Um, you p- People are bound to ask me language questions, which is fine. I'll do my best to answer them uh, without preparation. Uh, but you can also ask me anything else at all. So anything else that occurs to me, if you've got questions in mind, um, keep keep them in mind, and hopefully, if you can attend the the live video recording, then you can ask me those questions during the the recording. Okay. Um, another thing I'd like to say is Lepster meetups. Uh, I just wanted to suggest that you check the page on my website uh, for the uh, LEP meetups. Just go into go to my website teacherluke.co.uk, and in the menu you'll see the word contact. Just hover the mouse over contact and you'll see more options. One of the options is LEP meetups. Have a look at that page because people are leaving comments there. And there are little comments from people saying, hey, is anyone in in this city? Do you want to meet up? Is anyone here? Do you want to meet up? Here are my Skype details. Here's my WhatsApp number and stuff like that. So it's a place where people are, some people are going and leaving messages. So you might want to go and check it out and see if anyone has left a message from your area. It could be a good way to meet up and um, practice speaking English with people in your area. And you're pretty much, I hope, guaranteed to find like-minded people. Because if if you're a fan of this podcast and you meet up with some other people who also like listening to this podcast, then you've immediately got something in common. So it could be a really good way to just create a little social group of people um, who you could practice speaking English with. And I think this is an important thing to have, uh, a little peer group that you can talk to in English. Um, Other things I should say. So the last episode, which was episode 591, Uh, was called London Native English Speaker Interviews Revisited Part 1. I plan to do Parts 2, 3, 4 and 5 of that series. So that's going to be coming up. So I just wanted to kind of say that seems to be a good idea. So I'll probably do the others. Um, Also, you should know... um, What? Oh yeah, that's it. I did uh, a spoiler-filled Avengers Endgame episode... 
I did mention this in the previous episode, but I thought I'd mention it again just in case you didn't get that news. So um, episodes 588 and 589 were uh, a conversation that I had with my friend Fred about Avengers Endgame, this huge new Marvel movie uh, that um, you've probably you know seen advertised and stuff. Um, so I went to see the film several times because I'm a bit of a fan and really enjoyed it, like loved it, and then recorded a long conversation with Fred about the film after having seen it. And the conversation is a f- is full of spoilers, and it we basically go through the entire story of the film from start to finish, talking about exactly what happened, talking about how we felt about each moment uh, in the film, and giving a full review, which is full of spoilers. So if you've seen Avengers Endgame, and you'd like to listen to me talking about it, then you can. Uh, you can listen to it. The episode is in the app. It's in the Luke's English Podcast app, which is available free from the App Store. Uh, if you've got it on your phone, just go into the Categories menu on the left-hand side and look for App Only Episodes, and that's where you'll find it. And it's called Avengers Endgame Spoiler Review or something along those lines. Um, talking of episode 591, I mentioned it just a moment earlier, um, I actually would like to make a correction. So, yes, I'd like to correct a small mistake that I made in that episode. I received various comments, um, well, probably about three or four comments um, correcting me on a little mistake I made. So, if you remember, in episode 591, I went through a video that I recorded 10 years ago Uh, in which I spoke to members of the public in the street and asked them questions about London. One of the people I spoke to in the video was a a charming woman from Schleswig-Holstein. Schleswig-Holstein is uh, a place in Germany. Now, I said um, very quickly during the episode, I said very quickly that uh, Schleswig-Holstein was a city, and it's not a city. And I hate getting anything wrong on this podcast. So I'd like to correct myself. So yeah, I said that uh, Schleswig-Holstein was a city near the German-Danish border. And it's not true. It's not actually a city. In fact, it's a whole area. It's a, it's a state. Germany is divided into 16 states. And uh, Schleswig-Holstein is the northernmost uh, state in Germany. Um, and it, it is like the northernmost border of Schleswig-Holstein is also the border between Germany and Denmark. So it's kind of on the German-Danish border, but it's not a city. It's actually a, a, it's a state. It's a kind of similar to one of England's counties, but it's a very big area. I mean, the whole of Schleswig-Holstein is about the size of Northern Ireland. So it's a really big area. So that's kind of a bad mistake to make. So I wanted to correct it. So there you go. Schleswig-Holstein is not a city. It's a state and it's a large place, um, a historic place and a geographically interesting place. Um, To the west, um, it has a coastline on the North Sea and to the east, it has a coastline on the Baltic Sea. I've never explored that area of the world which is no excuse for not knowing about it. But I would really like to go there and visit the Baltics in general. Um, and, for example, Copenhagen. 
um, is a city that I would love to visit. But also, I'd like to see Schleswig-Holstein. I'd like to see what the place is like to just, you know, know it firsthand. But anyway, I just wanted wanted to clear that up. Okay, listeners? All right, good. Um, I think that's pretty much it uh, for this. I mean, a very rambling episode, but I think I made my point about it always seems impossible until it's done, didn't I? And that sometimes, as I was saying, just to repeat myself a bit more, that was that is something I feel occasionally, even in a small way, when I'm about to start recording an episode of the podcast. I think, oh, oh I just can't get started. But it always seems impossible until it's done. And it's almost done now. We're almost, oh, ugh. <laughs> almost at the end now. I don't want to edit this. Sometimes I make little mistakes, like I fall over my words and I kind of... Uh, start sentences and then get it wrong and have to restart the sentence, which is totally normal in anyone's first language. If you're talking on your own without a script for an hour, you're going to kind of make false starts and have to start again. But I don't want to edit. So I'm not going to. Um, So yeah, I'm not going. Did I just say that? I'm not going to edit. Yeah, sometimes I do edit my episodes because uh, I sometimes I'll cut out little things like little mistakes or I'll cut out uh, moments where I'm saying uh a lot but for this episode I'm not going to cut those things out it's going to be warts and all do you know that expression oh there's another bit of English to teach you warts and all if you say warts and all it means you're including everything including the imperfections Okay, including the bad things or the imperfections. You include all of it. Let's see if I can find some examples of warts and all. Okay, warts, by the way, W-A-R-T-S and all. That's all spelled A-double-L. Cambridge, uh, the Cambridge English Dictionary uses, uses this example. He tried to paint the president as he really was, warts and all. He tried to paint the president. So we're talking about a painter, a professional painter. Imagine the president has um, um, has uh, commissioned a portrait to be painted of him. And a, a professional painter is brought in and given the job of painting the president. And so the president's sitting there and the, the artist is like, OK, Mr. President, just uh, that's right. If you could just sit there, just relax and... Um, just be yourself and they engage in conversation a little bit as the artist is is deciding how he's going to paint the president and the artist thinks well I'm going to I'm going to paint the president as he really is warts and all meaning um including all all the qualities of this person's character including the bad qualities so with no attempt to hide the bad things so for this episode of the podcast which is unedited you're getting the whole thing warts and all including sections where I repeat myself, probably moments when I've said uh and um a lot, and even other things like maybe noises where I've handled the microphone or noises where I've sniffed slightly uh, noisily through my nose. All of it. You'll get all of it. Warts and all. Warts. What are warts? A wart is like a something that you get on your skin, usually on your hand or your hands, unless you only have one, in which case it's hand. But warts are things that you get on the skin, often the hands, sometimes the face. Uh, 
which is um, possible. But we don't really know what causes warts, but they're like small, hard lumps that you might get on your skin. And it's quite common to get them on your fingers and they might stay for a long, long time before just going away or they might stay. And then sometimes people choose to get them removed. Uh, I think that you can get them removed and they, they might drop a little drop of, of uh, what is it, F- uh, liquid nitrogen or liquid oxygen? I'm not sure what it is that they use, but I think it's like liquid nitrogen or liquid oxygen that gets dropped onto the wart and it kills the wart and then the wart will drop off. So warts are basically imperfections, you know, slightly ugly um, imperfections on someone's skin. They might be on your hand or sometimes on your face. So that's what a wart is. So the expression warts and all, meaning with all the imperfections included. Okay, so that's what you're going to get uh, with this uh, episode. Um, Lynn loves him, warts and all. He gives us a portrait of the real Gandhi, warts and all. Edinburgh in focus provides a warts and all look at the city, meaning that Edinburgh in focus describes Edinburgh with the good things, but also it includes some of the bad things about it as well. Or a, war, a warts and all look at the city. All right then. Now, one other thing I wanted to do at the end of this episode was to record a song. Yeah, it's been a while since I did a song on the podcast, but I'd like to do that for this episode just because I've been playing the guitar recently and I kind of think it might be nice. It might be nice to do a song on the um, on the guitar at the end of the episode, but I've been thinking I don't really know which song to play. So I think what I'm going to do is just sort of have a little mess around here at the end of the episode with the guitar. I'm going to get the microphone set up and stuff. And I'll have a little mess around. I might get a few things wrong, but hopefully a song will come out of it. I might try a couple of songs. We'll see. Okay, so if you don't like the singing, if you don't like the music stuff, then you could just check out now um, and and I'll catch you in the next episode. But if you if you like the songs, then stick around and you'll get one or two maybe uh, bits of music for you to hopefully enjoy now at the end of this episode okay all right okay i think i'm going to do so i've changed the microphones around i've got a microphone pointing at the guitar and i've got another microphone kind of vaguely pointing at my mouth but not too close because i don't want to you know you've got to get the levels right when you're doing this it's quite difficult to get it right sometimes got to make sure the guitar is in tune so i'm just tuning the guitar i've got one of those guitar tuners a little electric tuner that you can attach to the uh, head of the guitar it helps you tune it in theory it's a little bit flat okay I have to go through each string one by one this is boring I'm going to pause okay so I've tuned the guitar and um, I'm going to play a song by Neil Young whose songs I like to try and sing and play on the guitar. This one is called Only Love Can Break Your Heart. And um, I'm not sure exactly what it's about. It's it's usually the story with Neil Young's songs. You get a sense of what it's all about, but some of the lyrics are a little bit mysterious and a bit kind of um, 
oblique. They don't always refer specifically to, to certain things. You just get a general feeling of what what it's all about. Um, it was recorded when? Um, let's see. It was it was on the album after the Gold Rush. Um, I guess released in 1970. So this is an old one, but it's a good one. So let me try and get the uh, let me try and get all the chords and lyrics up here. Um, okay, I'm just trying to find them. Oh, okay, this again. This is boring. I'm going to pause and then carry on in a second. Anyway, it's a it's a, a really nice tune. It was covered by a British group called Saint Saint Etienne Saint Etienne Saint Etienne. Um, they were a group from the '90s from the UK. They did a sort of a, a more of a dancey version of it but I'm going to do something a bit more like the original. So the lyrics, I'll put a link for the lyrics on the website so you can follow along. Otherwise, just listen and hopefully I'll be able to sing clearly enough for you, able to, for you to be able to hear all the lyrics. You can make up your own mind about what it's all about. He 
That was Only Love Can Break Your Heart by Neil Young. It's a classic. Let's see if I can do another one. Oh, what am I going to do now? Okay, I'll try. I'll try another one. I'm going to pause the podcast and get it ready. Okay, so the next one I'm going to do is by Oasis, that British group from Manchester. That's not a word. Manchester. Um, And this is one of the sort of early songs they did from the 90s, from around the the sort of their best period, in my opinion, which is kind of like between the first and second albums. The first album, second album, that's their best stuff as far as I'm concerned. Um, So I'm going to do it and I'm using a capo. Anyone, any guitar players will be familiar with these things, but a capo is something you can use to kind of help you change the key of the song that you're singing. So I use a capo to sort of cheat. Normally the, it would be down here. But my voice isn't quite... I need to change the key of the song to help match my voice, you see. If it was down there, my voice would be too low. Um, so I just use the capo to help bring it up there, which suits my voice. It's kind of like cheating in a way. But it doesn't really matter, does it, in the end? It's all about the result at the end. young I thought I had my own key I knew exactly what I wanted to be now I'm sure you've boarded up every door lived in a bubble days were never ending was not concerned about what life was sending fantasy was real now I know much about the way I feel I'll paint you the picture Cause I don't think you live round here no more I've never even seen the key to the door We only get what we will settle for While we're living The dreams we have as children fade away While we're living The dreams we have as children fade away while we're living the dreams we have as children fade away while we're living the dreams we have as children fade away away
That's it for this episode. Uh, that was called Fade Away by Oasis, by the way, because I didn't say the, the name at the beginning. That was Fade Away. Uh, you'll find the lyrics and stuff for that as well on the page for this episode. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I will speak to you again very, very soon. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.